Are you ready for the Unleashed Tour, where shamelessness, sexiness, and laughter collide in a hilarious orgy of fun, discovery, and sex edutainment? Embark on a captivating nationwide journey with the Shameless Sex Podcast and an electrifying ensemble of sex educators and sex-positive entertainers as they bring you an unforgettably titillating live experience. Be a part of mesmerizing, entertaining, boundary-pushing acts, shameless sex style. Ever heard of the Slurpee stick shift? Want to learn how to bury your face in her? How about some dirty talk improv or brat taming 101? Hmm. Get ready for nonstop laughter as our charismatic hosts and entertainers weave humor into the fabric of this liberating celebration of sexual diversity and freedom. Engage in interactive segments, Q&A sessions, and a chance to connect with like-minded individuals in an inclusive and empowering environment. Listen up, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, we're coming to you. For more information and to get your tickets right now, go to shamelesssex.com and be part of a night that will be fun, educational, sexy, hilarious, and shamelessly unforgettable. Seats are filling up fast, so don't miss out on the most unforgettable show of the year. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you horn dogs, whore heads, and slut monsters? This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up? Welcome if you are new, and you know, welcome back if you're not. I am your host, comedian Billy Presida. Uh, this week on the show, I've got veteran comedian and fellow podcaster Dante Nero. And uh, I look forward to sharing them with y'all in a bit. This was a this is a fun conversation. We'll we'll talk about it soon. Uh, I just got back from Montana. I had a seventeen hour return flight. If if you've ever thought uh, I don't know if Billy deserves to get any of my money on Patreon, I just want to let you know that that attitude is why I had a seventeen hour return flight from Montana. Which, by the way, is the I could have flown to Europe cheaper than Montana. I went out to uh, Columbia Falls, Montana to go see a, a dear friend of mine get married. Definitely a short list of people I would fly to Montana and spend that kind of money for. This incredible amount of money, over $700 to fly to and from Montana. That was the cheap point. If I want to have a, a, an even mildly comfortable flying experience with one layover, that could have been $1,000, $1,200. It was wild. 17-hour return flight, two layovers. In a 24-hour time window, I fell asleep in four different time zones. Montana, Mountain Time, uh, Las Vegas, Pacific Time, Dallas, Central Time, New York City, Eastern Time. But I had to pinch the dollars together. But I had to get there. had to go see the girl get married. I've got no slutty adventures to share with you. Uh, sadly from the wedding in part because I, I couldn't afford a hotel room. I was couch surfing and, uh, they, when I got to the place, they had me staying in literally a children's room. Not only can you not bring someone back to fuck in someone else's three-year-old's room, the three-year-old wasn't there. Settle down. They were renovating a three-year-old's room and I got to stay in it while the kids slept in their room. But 
I'm, you're not bringing someone back to fuck in a child's bed with child-sized steps that go up to a child-sized loft. And 100% not going to masturbate in there. No, that's uncomfortable. I, I can't jerk it when there's a, a framed thing of Princess Sophia at the foot of the bed. Just can't do that. It's going to take me out of it. But I am excited for this weekend. Uh, I'm sure there shall be some tales and adventures to share with you in the future because Manhor Khan is upon us. Show Get dates. them hot. Get them dates. Show dates. I'm recording this right now on Tuesday. Uh, when you're hearing this, potentially on Wednesday, the day it comes out, many whoreheads will already be descending upon New York City in anticipation to hang out with each other and get into um, <laughs> to some ridiculousness. Manhor Khan is this weekend, and... That means that this Saturday, August 3rd, we're doing a Man Whore Podcast live show. So you can still get tickets for that. We're going to have stand-up comedians get heckled by their exes. Yeah, I know. You've never seen that show before. You're going to want to come out and see it live in person in New York City, Saturday at 8 o'clock at Karma Lounge. After each set, we sit down, we talk about why they didn't work out. If you want to catch that, and I know you do, if you're in the greater New York area, get your tickets right now at manwhorepod.com slash tickets. Tickets are 15 online, 20 at the door, so save yourself a few dollars. Uh, go buy online. Let's get to your emails, everybody, before we get to Dante Nero. Your emails. This first one comes from Yoko. And the subject line is ways to meet people. This is in reference to last week's episode where I was talking a, a little bit in the intro about you know how do not uh, fellow ethically non-monogamous people meet each other outside of the apps. She writes, uh, I feel like this is a huge struggle and a barrier. We have a sex party community where I live that is expanding to bar nights before their parties. Kind of like meeting in a more casual atmosphere. Uh, and then they're also doing some ladies only play parties. I feel like that's a big pressure when you're attaching it to future casual encounters or meeting people to eventually play with at a party. I just want to have some adult cuddle time and maybe a bit of poly time. But most people are just telling me to check out this app or that app. And that hasn't gone too well for me because I live in a conservative and sparsely populated area. It's hard to find that special place to meet people who are both open-minded and poly. I'm tempted to join a few Facebook groups, but because I do so many, uh, but because I do so much business or networking things in a, in vanilla land, I'm trying not to merge those worlds. So then it circles me back around to the casual and kinky groups and casual and kinky apps. Yoko. Next email, uh, subject line story time. This woman M, she writes, I listen to your podcast as you know, and well, there were a lot of subjects that made me curious. For example, pegging. I never heard that term before. I decided to be off of sex for some time, but your podcast made me curious, so I contacted my old friends with benefits to discuss uh, several subjects, but mostly pegging. We have done a lot of ass play in the past, so I wanted to see if he knew what it was and what he thought. We talked a lot about dom and sub relationships, and he asked to be my sub. That for me was a crazy thing to ask. And I told him I wasn't sure if I wanted to do any of it. I mean, I was just curious. So all week we're going back and forth, uh, you know, with rules and what would work and what wouldn't work. And I was still in that, I don't know phase until Friday. I told him that I was down and we met up on Sunday. I bought myself a nice sized dick and a strap on. And I did my first pegging 
to my very own first sub. I played the femdom role and it was unbelievable. I never thought fucking someone with a strap on would feel so great. So I wanted to say thank you because you introduced me to pegging. Wow, M. Uh, you know, congratulations on your first pegging experience. I think you need to order this sub to go uh, buy my t-shirt. Which, as many of you know, I have a t-shirt that says, I'm saving pegging for marriage. Uh, it, it may not be uh, true for him, but I, you like supporting the podcast, right? Have him go buy my merch that's pegging related. <laughs> of course, uh, my merch store is available at gumroad.com slash podcast. Uh, congratulations on the first pegging experience. May there be many more. Uh, this last email uh, is titled, thanks for episode 275, L. She writes, dear Billy, I just wanted to take a minute to say thanks for the Man Whore podcast, but especially for being clear about your feelings about Trump and the ethics of being slutty with MAGA folks. Your words were heartfelt and logical, which isn't easy when tackling those subjects. The episode happened to come out on my 40th birthday, and my husband is in the process of moving out. So I need something to feel good about. The sex talk reminded me of just how much you've helped me get in touch with my inner slut over the past couple of years and that I shouldn't give up on good times in the years ahead. Unfortunately, with my living situation, every dollar is getting squeezed and I really can't start donating on Patreon just yet. Please accept a picture uh, of my tits as a small token of gratitude. Best wishes, L. Well, L, uh, first I just want to say these it's not a small token of gratitude. From what I can tell by your picture, it's like a C-cup-sized token of gratitude. Uh, well, you know, I hope that your husband moving out is a good thing and a step towards, a, you know, a happier relationship or a better sex and dating life for you. You know, you have so many good years ahead. We all know how I feel about the older ladies. I, I just slept with my oldest person ever who's in, I think she's 47 or 48. And that happened like a couple weeks ago. That was dope. We all know how I feel about Nina Hartley. So yeah, you got so much going forward. And 40? Ah, you're so young. You're so young at 40. Go get it, girl. And and thanks for the titty pictures. Thanks for writing in. If you want to send me your comments, your questions, uh, your booby pictures, you can send them on over to manwhorepod at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, before we get to my guest this week, Dante Nero, uh, let's do the fan whore appreciation moment. Okay. This is the part of the podcast where I like to thank a few of the members of my fan whore community on Patreon. The members of my uh, fan whore community don't only just get a bunch of awesome rewards, but they also help keep a roof over my head, the Wi-Fi on, and condoms on my cock. Uh, is is a great way to support independent content creators such as myself. So I want to give a shout out to Jules Gervais. Yes, she's a, a Randy Aussie who who keeps complaining that she can't make it to Manhorcon. Well, you know what? Gather up a bunch of Aussies out there and you, you get me a plane ticket. We'll do Manhorcon Australia. All right. Thank you for being a member and supporting the show. A shout out to Angie, one of my Canuck whores. I love that there's a constituency of kinky weirdos who love the podcast up in the great white north. And I'm glad that you're one of them. And a big thank you to Megan. I will see you very soon this weekend at Manhorcon. I'm so stoked that you're coming out. And I'm also really excited for you to 
get to meet, uh, you know, other like-minded listeners such as yourself. And you too can become a member for as little as $2 per month. Uh, that gets you access to a sex-positive online discussion group, The Champagne Room. Gets you access to secret private posts on Patreon, a shout-out on the show, and hey, you know what? You get the you get the satisfaction of knowing that you hashtag pay for your content. If I'm a part of your weekly routine, I should be a part of your monthly budget. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, Dante Nero, a very funny comedian, and he does a podcast himself called Man School 202, which is kind of an offshoot, a rebranding of uh, the Beige Phillips show, which is one that he's been running for uh, seven years. We had a really great conversation. We talked a lot about um, masculinity and Me Too and how a lot of this toxic masculinity comes from a lack of empathy. And that gets personalized for him when we talk about his history as a pimp, which he was uh, back in like the 90s. So we're talking a long time ago. I, I knew about his pimping past, but, you know, I did not know how he felt about it. And I did not know that he felt remorse about what he did. And something he's very open about in a way that I think is a great example for dudes. So, uh, you know, I'll give a thought or two about that at the end of the show. Enjoy. Uh, my conversation with a really funny dude, really thoughtful guy, Dante Nero. And since since Black Phillips show where, where it was like really because some of the Black Phillips stuff is even cringeworthy with me. I mean, it was really mostly Patrice and I was kind of like his sidebar. But even that stuff is cringeworthy to me at some point in time. I mean, I've been doing comedy uh, almost coming up on 20 years nice. and. Um, I remember when we would say faggot on stage like that was I mean, you, I mean, even pride. I mean, and that was it was OK, or at least we thought it was OK. Mm. And the, I remember being on stage in the time when I felt like I said it and it didn't it just didn't feel right. It just was it was just wrong for me. Yeah. Um, now, uh when I, I and people hate to hear this who say it, when you know when it was okay to say it or at least when we thought it was okay to say it we didn't mean it in in the context of gay sex gay right. that's, relationship. The, that's the, the normal yeah. defense was what right. we don't mean gay we just right. mean weakness or right whatever right right was, right but, right but you couldn't but it comes a time where you go when you say when you know i always say this you will always we will always have imperfect allies mm -hmm. and so when you have imperfect allies you have you'll have people that w have made mistakes in the past and the question on people because they make mistakes when they're younger and less mature and less informed are they irredeemable um, I think they can be. Mm. But the point is, if if they're not being, if they're making the effort to to meet and to understand what I mean is, I, I like so. For instance, you know, you have I think there's something like 59 transgender. I mean, t LGBT different categories. I don't know those categories. I don't plan. Do I. <laughs> I don't plan on knowing them all. I plan on know if somebody wants to be if somebody's comfortable being addressed in a certain way. I'm not somebody who's going to go. No, I'm not doing that. In the grand scheme of things, what does it cost me to change to make somebody feel comfortable? You know. And if anybody knows me, I'm always 
trying to make people feel comfortable. I mean, I, I found I find that my life is enriched by enriching other people's lives. And so any way I can do that, I'm 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 willing to do that. Um, even in the context of that if I'm speaking about the enrichment of people's lives, it forces me, even when I want to not be so nice or I want to not be fair, I I I'm I have to be fair because I don't want I don't want to. I don't want my my authenticity to be questioned. Mm-hmm. And so, even when it, the easier way out is is maybe not the most ethical, I have a tendency to go the harder way simply because of the fact that I find that that becomes your confidence. That's your confidence. Your ultimately, your confidence becomes about um, whether or not you're a fraud or not. Because when it's all said and done. Uh, when you're laying across your bed and the ceiling fan is spinning, the, sad, the shadow of the ceiling fan is crossing your face, you know who you are, you know what you've done, and there's no running from that. Um, even when you find people that are delusional or, or, or just they misrepresent what their life is or who they are, um, it, they still know they suck. You know, and and I don't want to ever have to look in the mirror and say that I suck. I I, I don't. Two things that I think that we're always going to have to do as human beings is uh, forgive and ask for forgiveness. We're Mm -hmm. all going to make mistakes and we're all going to have to forgive people for making mistakes. I mean, that's the process of being human and being erred, you know. Um, But the fact that somebody is willing to hear you and apologize with action or adjustment, then I, I think that makes people worthwhile. You Absolutely. Know? So this is a good time to say I'm sitting down right now with a uh, stand-up comedian Dante Nero, vet, podcaster, <laughs> relationship expert, uh, uh, counselor. Would you call yourself a counselor? I like guru. <laughs> guru. You like guru. You like the phrase guru. Yeah. yeah so even in you know you're talking about the language we'll do you know that it's done on stage and in stand up yeah. and how it like oh it felt we thought it was fine. You know, yeah. words like fag or tranny is another word that yeah. is like gone is getting it's out gone, of vogue. And, sure. and, and, but what, and it, what you're saying for you, you stopped using it not because you got a finger wagged at you to X number of times. It was, yeah. You said, you said it just didn't feel right at some point. Well, it, it, it was, um, I don't care about the finger wag. Right. What you can't. I, what I can't, you can't because every, everybody wants to wag a thing. The, here's the other thing is everybody wants to re, be remembered. Everybody wants to be validated in the context of their life. And so what you're finding now is people find validation in the fact that they can shame or shun other people. Mm-hmm. And it's really not about the personal growth it's just about you being the person who's gonna be you 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 want to put the cape on and put the s on your you chest. want the status yeah the status you feel of above someone else me like, i'm better than you and that's because and and the only reason why you ever think that that needs to be said is when you already don't believe that you're mm. you're good enough and so some of the things i one of the things that i say all the time is that if you got a guy and he's five four and he, and he, when you ask him how tall is, he says he's five five or five six. He, in his mind, he thinks that five four is not good enough. That the context of who he is as a person is not good enough. And because it's not good enough, he needs to misrepresent himself. If he thought at any given time that five four was was tall enough or was enough, then he would say five four. When a guy is seven two. 
he doesn't go. He a lot of times he'll even downplay it. He might even go, I'm I'm over seven foot. Right. You know, he doesn't go, I'm seven two and three quarters because it's not necessary. It's like no, I don't want to brag. I'm yeah, already a giant. <laughs> yeah, and and a lot of that you we don't know what the what the the discomfort in that yeah. is. You know, taking planes and having to go first class. You know what I'm saying? There's so much of that. But the the point is, the, it's the insecure person that needs to state that because they feel powerless. And then what you have now is people want to jump on other people's back because they feel powerless because it makes Mm -hmm. them feel strong. But when it's all over with, you're, you're just not even, uh, you're, you don't feel any better. Mm -hmm. Like you make the person feel better, worse that, that the offender, you make the people around you mislead the people around you. And deep down, you know, you, you still don't, you're still where you were. Yeah. You still are a fraud. Mm -hmm. You're a fraud. Now you're just another fraud. Good, good friend of mine, um, Jamie Kilstein. Uh, for years, you know, he got caught up in this far right liberal kind of thing, and it really changed. Which he was him. a part of. Yeah, like, well, he that was kind of, that was kind of the wild thing. Yeah, yeah. He was getting attacked by his own people. He's like, "Well, I thought I used all the right. I read the articles, and yeah. then." You know. But when he talks about it, he talks about how it be- it becomes a cult on both sides. Mm-hmm. The 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 white supremacist, sexist, male toxic you know uh, agenda is uh, there's a cult in that there's a digging in the heels but there's the same thing on the left side where you have people who really don't care about what they're talking about they just want to have something to de- say they want to have uh, a, a, a platform a sense know. of power yeah. and i get where the sense of wanting that power comes from because it you know on the left it typically is more from like a lot more like oppressed groups who just haven't had power I get well, like I kind of I get at least where the desire comes from. I don't think the the way it comes out with like social justice warriors is right. Yeah, yeah but they he, use the same tax. Here's what's interesting, right. even about that: most of the people who are really being oppressed are not the ones that are b- bitching mm. because they're being oppressed and they're dealing with the oppression. Sure. It's always the people who are not. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, you talk about the civil rights movement, or anything like that. You had you had white people that walked across the bridge in Selma, Alabama. That, like, it couldn't have happened. It, things like this couldn't have happened if you didn't have allies mm. and, and allies of, of other, other ilks, you know, and that's how change happens. People go, what is ethically correct? And from whatever is ethically correct, that's what we make the decision. The problem is that most people are not ethically correct. Sure. They, they're trying to reach a, a, an advantage, you know, um, something I'm think I've been thinking about heavy is even with the toxic masculinity and all the stuff that's going on. What, what I and I don't know. I might get in trouble for this, but I always get in trouble for something. The the, the a, an asshole like a Harvey Weinstein or a Bill Cosby or rapist like right, Harvey Weinstein. Right, right. Well, <laughs> right, and rape or, yeah. or, and all that goes in, into that is not a nice guy to guys either. Like those guys have no personality and they always felt imp- lack, unpowerful. And so they get become rich and famous and they bend people's will. Yeah. And so when they deal with women, they bend w- women because they're attracted to women. They bend the will of women in sexual ways. Sure. But 
the guy who works for him is getting his will bent just because he's not attracted to him. It doesn't end up in sexual ways, but he's a, well, Harvey Weinstein is a jerk to everybody. Yeah. If you, if you look at Bill Cosby and you look at all the stuff that anybody that kind of crossed him, like if you talk about Co- in the Cosby show, Theo was his son. His, his best friend was Cockroach and Cockroach hated Bill Cosby because he was so nasty and so rigid and so all these things. And so, or cause he, he titled him Cockroach. He named him Cockroach. Right, and, That'd be, I'd be surly. Yeah, and, and to be honest, he's the one if he got him fired. He's the one that fired him. Mm. Um, I remember when Lisa Bonet did, did the, her first breakout movie was Angel Heart where she had sex with Mickey Rourke. He kind of disowned her. And so here's a guy who's not just bending people's will and taking advantage of people because of his power just in the context of of women. He's mm-hmm. doing it all across the board. Uh, you don't ever people who are assholes are assholes all the time. They don't take breaks. They don't pick spots. They put on the front when they need to put mm-hmm. the front on, but they're just jerks. And, and if the guy who has the power is... Uh, is it, and not just the guy because you find this with women will do that to men they will they'll bend men's will if the guy is attractive a, a lady boss will do the same thing sure but you do want to make sure that like we we keep in context the hierarchy of like what that bend of the will is like uh you know whether like if it's a s- sexual assault versus like oh, i make this guy go get my laundry and i call him fucking terrible names i make him do menial shit every day those are both asshole things to do but like I almost feel like it's uh, it diminishes one to like lump them both as assholery. Well, I don't. Well, I don't think like it I does. like to separate the the, the class why, of of assholery. I don't think it does, okay. and I'll tell you why I don't think it does because um, you don't have to eat the whole birthday cake to know it was made with rotten eggs. Sure, it, 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 you, who these people are who these people are through and through. Mm. Um, if their proclivity is sexual deviancy, that's what it is. Um, male, female, or otherwise. Now, that doesn't negate for one minute the fact that women have, uh, like, you know, I say this all on stage all the time. I say, you know, I, if I had to, if I had to consider every time I go out with, to go out on a date that I could die at the end of it, I would give no pussy up ever. I would fuck nobody, you know? Um, so that is a that's something that goes to the empathy. So three, I have an acronym that that I try to live by. It's called ACE. It's uh, authenticity, credibility, and uh, empathy. Um, authenticity is to tell the truth, and and be honest and truthful about who you are, and tell the truth. Uh, credibility is when you say something, make sure you mean it, and you follow mm-hmm. through when you do it. Otherwise, don't say it. And empathy is whoever you're dealing with in any relationship, family, female, male, 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 whatever it is, have the empathy to know what the other person is going through. Have the ability to get in, into their shoes and, and, and perceive what their, what their cross carry is. And if you do that and everything falls into place, but, but, and if you think about any problem that we have, in society, it's it's a it's a removal of one of those three principles. Mm. So if you're like, so for instance, um, I had a guy call me up. I did a consultation with a guy, and he says to me, you know, he was dating with this dating this girl off and on, off and off, off and on. And all of a sudden, she calls him up, and he she he calls me up to tell me that you know she's very abusive and she's very like verbally abusive and emotionally abusive. And he says, "How can we do this?" And he goes, "He I said, well, you every time you submit to this behavior, 
what are you communicating? You're communicating that this behavior is is acceptable. There's no consequence to the action, right. so why would they do any different? And if you're just yapping about, I don't like this, and I'm not going to put up with this. When you say, I'm not going to put up with this, you're, you've already put up with it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. why you're talking about, I'm not going to, you're really saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. It's happened, but there's no consequence to that. And if you give access to to, to people who are abusive, you're always going to have, they're always going to be abusive because you're green lighting the, the behavior that you so readily say is non-negotiable. And so you have to leave. And that's what, as a society, we need to be doing with this, like with, the, with, with toxic masculinity. Sure. Is with, we've with said, truth. oh, don't do that. And now we, we are actually, you know, with Harvey Hope probably going to jail. Cosby's in jail. Like, right, there right. needs to be these consequences. And, and I think those ones are easy when it's the, I, the concept of someone rapes somebody, you go to jail. Right, if right. we can put you through. We're not quite at there yet, but that's the idea. Right, right, right. I think it's when, when you're, you're talking about redemption and who gets to be redeemed, I like to separate certain acts. Like, I don't think Cosby gets to be redeemed. You do that to that many people. No, but with people like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, one or two. But being <laughs> redeemed doesn't mean being redeemed doesn't mean that you 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 don't have to pay for your past discre- indiscretions. Sure, I think when we're talking so, in terms of the, yeah, dozens of people, I'm like, yeah, there's definitely not a redemption. And that's an extreme example, but I think we still need an example. I think as right. men, this is why Louis C.K. breaks my heart so badly mm-hmm. because he, I thought if anyone went because. When Cosby came out, you know, everyone yeah. also knew, comics knew about Louis. And it was well, like, everybody, so, well, comics knew about Bill, about, right, about right. Cosby. So, everybody knew he messed right. around with young girls. That was a gone, going So thing. I was always thinking like, oh, it's inevitable. Like this Louis thing will eventually come out. It's a matter of when. And then, you know, when it did, I thought, okay, if anyone, because it wasn't like taken pussy, right? It wasn't, it wasn't right. that level. Right. So it wasn't. Was like, this was a thing I thought this could eventually come back. I think he's got to go away. Got to do some soul searching some penance and you come back i was like if anyone could come back and then also make it funny and poignant right i think louis louis is one of those people where he's that good at comedy he could make it a teaching moment i think we need a redemptive character we need an example of fucking up and coming back and learning from it well, he's, and i, he's and I don't problem. think he's been doing that but i thought he I could have been that i don't guy. know about that I, I i like when you talk about all the things that he lost because of this all of the, he had a show he had a movie he had a, all this stuff that he's lost he's also gone away but now it's like what, 10 months but what <laughs> but but what people want but yeah but we have a president Who's, oh yeah, I also think I, th- I also think he should be locked up. Right, <laughs> but the, but that's not going to happen. Sure. And here's here's the other thing, I don't know. It, I, look, I um, I was at the um at Skankfest sure. when Louis came through, yeah. and it was, and Louis said, uh, "I've learned so much." He said, to "The first joke he did was learn so much." He goes, "If you, if you want to jerk off and you ask a girl if you can." Uh, make, make sure you ask a girl if you can, and if you do, and she says yes, still don't do it. That was <laughs> that was his joke. Yeah, and so so um, there's no way that he, there's no way, way that he's not changed by this. He could have been like, okay, I tried to drop in a couple times. People pissed. Let me rent out this black box theater for like three months. I'm gonna be there every Tuesday. It's 
$10 tickets, all the proceeds go to rain. I just need to have a space where I can do that. It's not imposing on anyone. My fans can come check me out and I can work through these concepts and these bits I want to do. That is an example to me of like, I'm acknowledging the anger and I'm going to change my behavior because of it. Did he do anything to like donate to anything or not that was not that I've seen it publicized, but you know, going gone for 10 months when there was that much anger and that much of a fall from grace. I just, I just feel like it was premature because I'm not one of those people. He can't come back. We know there's like people yeah. online who go, he's fucking forever done. I was always like, oh, dude, he's just trying to figure out how and maybe. And and I don't know. Also, when that leak set come out and I know it's not a polished set, but when I saw his premises, was like, this is what you had to come back for. Yeah. This like these are lame yeah, old but man. Come on, let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You, you could have waited an extra part, year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's easy to say when you have when this is what you do. Anybody who mm-hmm. does comedy, we do it because we can't not do it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But it's like you don't have to like when people are very clearly mad that you're dropping in at places, maybe don't like me, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have to go on stage. There's just another way to do it. I, I thought at least, I, I mean, I thought I, that would have been respectful I, I to just the situation. Think I just think it's, it's uh, where is the, I think what I think is that when you look at this, they don't, they want to grind Louis into dust for sure. whatever reason he has that way. However, anybody else has been redeemed or, other people don't have that. When it comes to Louis, there's something about him that they want to grind into dust. Right. And it doesn't matter what he would do. They want Louis dead. Pretty but much. I think that's a, I think that's a vocal minority. I think that's a very loud minority of the people who are not happy with. Well, him. that's the thing. There's people, there's fans, and people's like, I was at Skankfest. He got a, he got a, a standing a, a, ovation. Standing yeah. ovation. So. So what I'm saying is, but the, but this is the thing. It's the mob that's deciding what and what. Now, I, you know, in no shape or form am I unaware of the, what, like one of the, the main principles of, of, of Man School 202 is authenticity, credibility, and empathy. And so none of those things can happen. If you don't have those things. So even if you're Louis, if you're practicing in empathy, you're aware of what your position is and your position in the community and that these girls are young comics or whatever. And then you do this dirt and then you do everything to squash it. And that's not that's not redemptive. And none of that is redemptive. Um but I, I, I also am not one to say after 10 months or a year of him just being ousted that that's not enough for him to see. Look, he may never, he, you know, there, I think there are people who are going to be chauvinistic and misogynistic no matter what. That, we're not going to change that. What we can change is that the behavior is inappropriate. Mm. So there's people that probably would murder people if murder wasn't illegal. Yeah. Um, we don't, our job is not to change them as people. Our job is to make sure that their freedoms don't infringe upon other people's. Yeah. And I think if you're doing that and that's fair, I mean, you like, you know, I'm extensively, I'm, I'm so, and in, in to hold the whole idea of of reparations and slavery and race and the history of it and the history and and um you're just not going to find people who you know you you gotta teach and hope that people are willing to learn and if they're willing to learn you got to be willing to teach them and and take the time and the energy to do that you know and I think when men we've been taught right now to either 
be scared of like what we do or say or be flagrantly like don't give a shit. And what I would really like men to have is like is a public example of of coming back uh, and showing that growth. And then maybe when Louis drops a special, maybe we're going to be astounded and we're going to, oh my God, it's whatever. But I just, I, I really would like men to have that example. Someone to be like, oh, I don't have to be terrified because if I mess up, I can learn and I will be welcomed back into society for like, for the most part. Well, I, I would like to have the, that. Here's the thing with, you know, in the whole, the, the whole Trump era and all of this stuff where we are arguing whether or mm. not whether or not go back to your country is race like this isn't this is a discussion now all of a sudden and and somebody who doesn't believes that this is a discussion you're a liar you you know it's not you just want to be in a conversation that you really shouldn't be in so if you if you're saying you're a massage if you say women should be this that the other that 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 you can say that you mm. can feel you're allowed to feel that way the difference here's the difference when there is a discussion about where the line is drawn where we how we should act you don't get to be in the conversation because you're an idiot you, but people <laughs> misrepresent themselves as if they really have the empathy to to want to figure this out mm. but they don't really want to figure it out they just want to be in the conversation so they can talk about their bullet points and women this and the suffrage movement and whatever arguments and it's always the same arguments of which don't even stand up, stand up to the scrutiny anyway so um if you really have a real um uh, uh, if you're really honest and authentic about it, then you can have a real dialogue. But if you're not having a real, if you're not, if you, your in, intention is not to be honest in the first place, then the, 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 and we need to stop discussing things with people who are clearly not honest about yeah. or, and show no credibility, no authenticity. We need to, those people need to be dismissed. If yeah. you're dishonest, you need to be dismissed. Stop engaging you, in those and quote you unquote be, debates. That's what we need to oust. If we oust that, all the rest of the stif- stuff will go away because you, you know that this toxic masculinity, it's not okay to bend somebody's will because you have power. You know how you know that's the case, even if you're a man? Because you don't want somebody to do it to you. So if you know, then you get it. It's you that just, whole thing when dudes are like worried about getting grabbed at like the gay bar. Yeah. Where the straight dudes go like, oh, I don't want, I want the queers to touch me. It's like, yeah, you're worried they're going to treat you the way you treat women. Right. Right. And, and the, what's really interesting about this is I always say that, that, and this, I say the same thing about racism, uh, is that racism, like, racist white dudes see racism kind of the same way they see a woman's period. Yeah, it kind of exists, but it's really not that bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't like, have to interact with right, it much. I mean, it's, I mean, how bad could it really be? It affects be? me three times a month. Right, right, now. right. And, and, and because I'm aggravated, you know? So it, it's, it, but that is, again, goes back to a lack of empathy. That's a lack of empathy that somebody will tell you that they're in pain and you ignore and tell them no, they're not. Or you say that this is a racist situation and then some, so, and you go, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, you don't get to make right. that decision. You don't get to make that decision when you've made those decisions. And this is what you've you've turned up with. To the same token, the like the the Aziz thing Ugh, was yeah. a whole. That's, you know what I'm saying? So, that was a that was overblown, right? So I I get what you're saying about these examples, but see, this is that this is the other side of those examples. But I I I, I you have to believe 
that the people that blew that out of proportion, it really wasn't about really understanding what the dynamic of, of it was. I, I just don't believe I, they wanted something to yell at. They want they, blood, but yeah. I still want... I, I drowning them out. If someone gets to come back and and show the growth when they come back, not just like okay, it's been X amount of time, so like he can have a special. It's has a special and shows that they've learned something. Well, then the, it, then you well, and I we can drown out the loud people. Here's and the maybe thing about see, this. Like, oh, cool. Even with the with with the um with the I can't even remember. I just said his name. And I can't. Uh, Aziz. Aziz. Even with the Aziz things. <laughs> that just, movie. That, yeah, that yeah, big yeah, movie star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> millionaire. Uh, <laughs> He, Aziz, uh, Aziz is an awkward dude. Yeah. So if you read the exchange, she goes to his house because she's on, she digs him. Yeah. He goes, she, she blows him in the kitchen. They stop. She, he go, they remove to another place. They, she blows him again. He's putting yeah. his fingers in her mouth. He, here's a guy who doesn't know, who's not paying attention, which absolutely is a lack of empathy, empathy. because he's not, he's, he's not getting any social cues. All the that, blood's in his dick and right. nowhere else. And, there's a, and he's yeah. not thinking about, well, is, is this awkward or this? It's, but there's also a matter of him maybe not having the social acuity to, to see that. That could be very possible too. But to blow this out to the proportion of this for a guy who's awkward for a girl a girl yeah. who 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 for what was just a bad it was a really was a bad, bad day date. right a really bad day and then for a but, guy to to go hey i had a great time i want to he texts her i got i have a great time can't wait to see you mm. clearly he was oblivious and so this is a great teachable moment but it's also a teachable moment before you blow somebody to tell them you don't want to blow them Right, it's your responsibility. But we also have not raised women to be to to feel empowered to say those things. I, but that I, you know I, what I think we're I, just starting. I, I'm to. a 53 year old man. So anybody who didn't want to blow me didn't blow me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I I don't know. I I I am willing to wager as a big gambler myself that. A couple people have blown you who didn't want to blow you, but they act enthusiastic because maybe they thought that's what they should do because they're a chick. You're the you, dude, and that's just what you're doing. You can't listen. You can't. Not that, and, and I don't think. But when I say someone blew you that didn't want to blow you, I don't think you're a bad guy for getting. No, that I get that, right, right, but right. I'm going to tell saying, you something. Yeah. I'm also. I'm also. If there's any apprehension at all, which you can see the apprehension. Yo, I'm good. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm good. I've stopped things and be like, Yo, are are we not? Is this, you know, are you nervous? Or what's going on? Right, right. And and I think the same lack of empathy that misses those cues of whether someone even wants to do it is the same reason we have that orgasm gap where someone's like, yeah, yeah they're not paying attention to her body because they're just more like, yeah, Absolutely. I'm getting it in and I, I'm not paying attention. Is she even enjoying this? Right. Well, but that yeah. also comes from a, from an awkwardness that both men and women go through. Mm. Because you don't two things that men and women are uh, that men especially is supposed men especially is supposed to be good at whether or not they have practices relationships and sex from somehow you saw every episode with it. yeah <laughs> it's 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 you have that is an expectation mm -hmm. and the only way you get good at sex is by practice yeah. the only way you get good at anything or is maybe by we practice. could like do comprehensive sex ed in schools who knows <laughs> that might be nice <laughs> too but nice. even that you can't you can't buy a new pair of jordans and get on the court and dunk you still got to make mistakes yeah. and that, and the, and the, the in the social minutiae of relationships and 
so on and so forth, there's going to be more mistakes. The real question is whether or not somebody is being predatory or somebody is being maybe uninformed or, or, or naive. And I would, I, I would only push back on that is I think that's fine and we want to look at the intention, except we also want to educate people so that the mistakes that are made, that absolutely. are inherently going to be made, we want to make sure those mistakes aren't such big mistakes that they traumatize someone the rest of their life. So we want to make sure these aren't like consent level mistakes, but rather like I fingered her too hard. But even that, (laughs) even that is a difficult thing because what now what people are supposedly quote unquote offended by now they're outraged. I'm not talking about offensive. I'm just talking about consent practice. I'm just talking, making sure sure that you don't, you know, I'm just talking, making sure we're not, accidentally sexually assaulting people while we learn how to please women. Right. I'd rather that those mistakes be just like, oh, I tweaked her nipple too hard because I didn't know. And for somebody to go, for a woman to go, uh, you have to create an environment where a woman say, ooh, not not that hard. Where she can say not that hard when when it happens and you go as a guy you go oh because if your intention is not to do that in the first place the minute that you see there's a there's this kind of genuflect about a a level of discomfort because Mm -hmm. ultimately it pays off for you it pays off for you in this relationship when you're paying attention and you're able to please somebody in the way that they want to be pleased the only way you can do that is by paying attention Mm -hmm. if you're not paying attention so again you're only focused on your pleasure and not paying attention which goes back to the empathy again mm-hmm. it goes back and and time and time no matter what the problem is i no matter how many times because i do one-on-one consultations um that you if you anybody wants you go to dantenero.com you can get you can book time with me time and time again it always happens in the context of some mis lack of authenticity credibility or empathy it mm-hmm. always comes back to that um I, I counseled a woman who had a uh, older woman too, fifty something years old, fifty three, fifty five years old. Um, married a guy who's a couple of years under, helped him with his career, and then he got him a job overseas. And then all of a sudden, he decided he wasn't going to be married. He didn't want to be married anymore, which was naturally because of the fact that he was in Korea and it was, you know, he's probably screwing hookers and whatever, whatever. And now he's away, and now all of a sudden he's got this new life that she helped to give. And then she called. She she basically kind of felt it. She felt that there was a change and shift in the wind, and and she she asked him and then he said he didn't want to be married and so she called me and I said and she was just I feel so stupid she kept saying I feel so stupid and I asked her why does she feel stupid and she said it's just like I like I was fooled I should have known I should have known and I go this is the problem the problem is that we're when you say you feel stupid you think you by some way you were taken by somebody who was more savvy or more mm. more and that's and that's bad the point is what you did was you loved somebody you gave love to them you gave them honesty credibility and empathy and they couldn't accept it so the person who should be ashamed is the person who couldn't accept it not the person who lives in abundance and love and is able to give some empathy and love in abundance that's the person who we need to tout and celebrate and lift up mm. it's not the person who does the dickhead shit it's because but we we're in this situation whoever wins wins but that's not true you're not winning if your life is is a series of is a series of taking advantage of people and manipulations and stuff what i find more more than anything those people are never happy 
They're never happy. You're never happy bombing other countries or 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 putting kids in cage. Like that does not make you happy. Stephen Miller's a little happy. (laughs) Right, but when you talk about somebody like that, we see him as a so he's a fucking sociopath. So in the normal sense, look, you don't have to like cats. Right, you could hate cats, but if somebody's kicking a cat, right? Even if you hate cats, maybe you won't say something the first two kicks, but eventually you go, "Dude, it's a fucking cat." Mm. You know, our humanity, our divinity kicks in, and we go, "This is our sense of right and wrong." Kicks in, and we go, "This is just not right." Right, and those people, some this this kind of lends into what we talked about right before we got started about like your the pimping history. Right, was you you acknowledge what you were doing as a pimp wasn't right to do. Sure, but you still did it, and so when and when you were done doing it, like I guess where did you start? Where did you start learning your integrity to? follow your conscience because well, your conscience was kicking in then well here's it. the thing i mean it was a young and in youth i was mm-hmm. like oh this is you know and pimps was cool shit yeah um uh what happens is the the even the minutiae of that mm-hmm. the fact that you have multiple women who count on you for everything is a burden it like it's i know that sounds crazy but it ain't it's not it like nobody wakes up and decides he's going to be a pimp I had a discussion about nobody says, hey, you know, when I grow up, I want to be a pimp. You have a, 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 a quality that women see women who are are already in the game. Mm-hmm. Like a, a pimp is really not you don't make a decision. And, and, and I'm quite sure that that's different now with the Internet and stuff like that. But there was a thing where the woman, the, the, the prostitute turns the pimp out. Like, for instance, you're a square guy, or at least you think you're, but you have a charisma or something that women are attracted, some magnetism. And then the woman goes, oh, I would do anything for you. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, okay, okay, I I want some sneakers. But then she's like, then she keeps going, I would do anything for you. I would, I would even, and and that comes out. I would even gangbang 10 I would sleep if you tell me. And now this becomes a this becomes a an ego thing because now you're going oh wow I have this control over this person but they have to give you the control first right. However, and I'm not I w- talking about white slavery where you kidnap somebody. What I'm talking about is the game where there is this dynamic. There's this social dynamic. I would argue though that the integrity portion would be when you realize you were doing something you don't think was actually right to do. You had the option to. Not when they're offering you control that might have become irresponsible. You could say no. You're saying, hey, I was kind of dumb and in my 20s. I'm saying so for you in your life after like where did the integrity start kicking in? Well, let me let me say this first. The the first part of it is that this existed. This the the first thought is she was selling pussy before me. Mm -hmm. This was this is going to happen whether I'm part of this or not. And then you become part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like if you turn this down, she's going to find somebody else to watch her back and and be her pimp. But you could also watch her back without taking cuts or making you're you're caught into you're in that game. And because you're in the game, you have a, you kind of have a blind spot, Mm -hmm. but what happens is just like the, the, the kicking of the puppies, you know, I, you go, oh, this, it just, 
you're, you start to genuflect your ethical, if you have an ethical fiber, mm. it eventually goes, this, I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm uncomfortable with what this entails. Now, here's an interesting thing. Once I decided that I didn't want to do it, um, I just backed out of it. But even when it came to guys who, guys who I knew who were having bachelor parties and they wanted strippers or wanted hookers and stuff for the bachelor parties, where these women were, wanted the work, right? They wanted to do the work. I wouldn't even recommend the number. I wouldn't, I won't even give a phone number up. So if you want to get strippers, you don't call me. You got to call somebody else. Even though I have numbers, it's all available to me. And I, maybe not so much now because I'm so far removed. But even at the time when I was just out of the game, I wouldn't even refer you to somebody because I didn't even want to get my hands dirty at the level of passing a number to somebody who wanted to facilitate. So, for instance, you know, prostitution is legal in other countries, in Vegas, in other states. I would not even facilitate it. In the context, because I think it's exploitive. Mm. So I just pulled out of it to that. But but I had to get to the point where the moral fiber, where I just couldn't take it. And I just didn't have the stomach for Which it. Which is similar to when we were talking earlier about like certain words or types of material sure, or at least certain sure. philosophies that we, you, you said, it's not that you had the finger wag that made you stop saying certain yeah. things. You just said at some point it felt it wrong. It felt wrong. Do. And to think, to understand that people to have the empathy to understand that your actions hurt people, whether or not they're going to be hurt beyond you or not, doesn't make not a difference. Yet. You don't have to participate in it, right? And that's a so lesson. Unless you get get me heroin, like if they're going to get heroin either way, I mean that's outside your control. But you don't have to be the one. I don't got to gotta sell it to, it to you. I don't got to make the connect for you. You and know. Did, do you recognize you hurt women like during the course of the pimping? Absolutely, absolutely. Did, I mean, you, it's did you ex- ever reach out later on in your life to be like, "Hey, uh, did you kind of do that step?" No, in the I was steps? just, you go, I was like, just, well, I don't believe in the twelve step thing. No, not either, 12 but, step, but you know what I mean. Like, did you ever make a call to everyone and be like, "Hey, um, man, I know it's been forever, honey, but my bad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, um, I feel bad about what I, I did." I haven't really have. I don't have any connection for them. Like, my life had changed so much. And there was I a moved. Facebook in the '90s. Yeah, right, right, right. That wasn't a thing, and I, you know. Um, I, I would be reluctant to do that even now, even if I had the resources that, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't, but you, people don't want to, a lot of times you, you realize something I realize is people don't really want the truth. And a lot of times when they've moved past that, they want to move, they, you know, they want to bury it. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's also unfair sometimes to bring that shit up to people who don't want it brought up. You don't want to re-traumatize right, her exactly, by bringing because, it up out of fucking nowhere. And then for what purpose? So that you can have Feel your better. redemption? Fuck you. You know, if she re- if if one of those oh, yeah, girls reached out, absolutely. though, you would offer ah, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no... Well, actually, I brought candy from <laughs> downstairs. No. Um, okay. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. And you, you know, you, you have to, you have to ask for forgiveness but you got to also forgive yourself you got to forgive yourself for your humanity in order to be a better person you gotta you gotta go this is this is wrong but i'm gonna be a better person and i'm gonna forgive myself so that i can be a better person because you you also can't always you can't move forward and if you're carrying that burden you gotta put the distance between the those actions and better choices you want to just make better choices and every day you make you you know and those and those mistakes go further and further back in your rearview mirror Mm -hmm. you know and i don't ever um 
I don't ever. I, why I'm open about the pimping and stuff is because I, I, um, I also don't want to be inauthentic. So if this is something that got me to who I am today, it is important. Just like the good stuff is important. Um, so to deny it is to say is to, to, to where I'm a fraud. And now I really can't be truthful because I am a fraud, because I am a fraud. You know, I, I it's mean, like with the old tweets, delete, like I don't like deleting like super old tweets that yeah. I'm not proud of. Right. I mean, if they're unfunny, I'll delete them. Right, like, right, let's right, not right, leave unfunny. Right, right, That's right. the greatest thing. Right, right, right. But I don't want to delete old tweets that maybe have more shameful opinions from when I was younger because I want to show growth. I'm not trying to right. like pretend that i've always been perfect i right, want to show right. i've thought these things i mean hey everybody remember when i wasted my time hating on demisexuals that was a waste of my right. energy right, right. Uh, it's like let me show growth instead of right well it's interesting because yeah. initially the, the, the even the theme song that the first theme song that i have for my podcast is cringeworthy to me mm-hmm. like the clips that we put in and it was all hyperbole because i wasn't in that in the in the context of that but um i've grown past that and even even now there's things that are cringeworthy you know if i go back but the, the but that isn't that the point the point is the evolution and yeah that you move further away from that though from where you are so that you're a better person today it's interesting because my show man school 202 was originally was in a mod which be, which was Beige Philip before, which was Black Philip before that, which is the show I did with Patrice on, on Sirius Radio. And even that stuff's funny, but it's cringeworthy yeah. in some ways. It's, 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 and, and the reality is I actually tell people not to listen to it unless they can listen to it in the context, context. of, of entertainment and comedy. And the era that it came out. Right. Of 2006. Well, well here's the thing. The uh-huh. philosophies that I subscribe to now. I'm not I would I wasn't saying that back then. And so what I find is people who go back and they listen to the Black Phillips shows and they're listening to it like it's gospel because, you know, even after Patrice's death, he he took on this legendary kind of aura almost. And so people people have been listening to Black Phillip over and there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views on it's on YouTube and and it's not. It, it 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 all I find is anybody that listens to those and listens to those over and over again, they're angry. So it's not about solution. It was it was a time when we felt as though there was something that was wrong and we started talking about it and we were and you know, it was two thousand six, it's two thousand nineteen now. You know, if I'm the same person I was in two thousand six, I should kill myself. You know what I mean? Um so I'm not and I and I'm um and I'm not proud of it but i'm also not ashamed of it either because it was the growth that took me it took no. me to this point i would not have the understanding i have about relationships if i didn't have that part in my life and the, and the male stripping as well which was my own personal exploitation yeah. you know for money which was women exploiting me for money i mean and not i wasn't like i wasn't a gigolo but i wasn't a gigolo because i wouldn't do that like so what's this interesting is I always say I had decided I wasn't going to sell sex, like have sex with women for money before anybody wanted to pay for it, mm-hmm. which was easier to set that boundary as opposed to waiting until I was confronted with it and then making the decision then. So I had been saying, oh, I don't I don't I don't have sex for money. I don't have. Sex. I had been saying it for years before somebody actually wanted to pay me 
to have sex with them. So there's the exploitive aspect of it by myself that I experienced and the exploitation that I perpetuated and the understanding of how people, what motivates people, how their insecurities and their lack of validation makes people act in very horrible, horrible ways. Mm. That's an, it, all of that is a, is a, is a level of insecurity that you, you, you punch down because you know you can't punch up because you don't think you're worthy. Like you, uh, you can have, and this is male, female. Otherwise, if you got a woman and she wants to live with two, three guys and this in some commune, she can. And if you're a guy and you want to deal with multiple women and stuff, you can. Mm. The, the, the thing is, you got to think that you're worthy of that. Yeah. Now, everybody's not going to put up with that. Everybody doesn't want to want to sign up for that. But you can have what you want. The problem is most people that want that don't think they're worthy of it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So if you got a guy and he's got a girlfriend and he's 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 stepping out on his girlfriend, is he's stepping out on his girlfriend because he knows that he doesn't think that he can say, "Listen, I I don't I love you, but I want to I want to have sex with other people and uh, so he misrepresents that he's in this relationship, but he has this other relationship that goes on. And I, and that's because he doesn't think it, there's two reasons. Maybe he might be doing it because he doesn't want to hurt the person that he's with, you know, or he feels some, but most of the time it's because he doesn't think he can ask for that. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, and, and I mean, what I call, um, even when I was, when I was married, uh, I, we, we soft swung. Like when your mm. man soft swing, like same, like, like same room. No, well, or, like my girl would be with girls, but she wouldn't be with guys, yeah. and I could be with girls. So a one yeah. penis policy, right? That's right. What, and what and I was just like, I, I, it's also because I really wasn't into that. I, there are guys who are into having their girl screw their a guy screw their girl, and I just wasn't into it. And that's also because I found that men. You know, like if you have a threesome, if you have a threesome, threesome is always two women, two women, one man. Ah, uh, gang, well, gang bang is gang maybe bang. in your world. In my world, I'm like, ah, I'm open. Well, train, <laughs> a tra fair enough, Sorry. fair enough. <laughs> train, uh, but my point being, who you want to be with, and you, you, you know what I'm saying. You can say this is not. Uh, I think I'm worth this. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with it, I totally get it. We can go our separate way. Okay. And if you're not, that's fine. Po poly people get that all the time. Right. You say, saying, hey, I'm, look, I'm ethically non-monogamous. And I get this a ton, like chicks who I meet like at a bar or uh -huh. at, like some event or whatever. And I'm like, oh, hey, like definitely. And then I go, well, I don't do monogamy. It's like, oh, I was like, that's fine if you're not. Like you seem great and super cute. It's just, this is not a match. Right, right, right. And I know that like this is, I'm not going to falter for your standard. Right. Like so a, that's your authenticity. Do you mm, understand that yeah. that becomes your authenticity that you know who you are and you, and you're worthy. You feel you're worthy of that. You don't mm. feel like you have to bend your code because of it. And because you don't have to bend your, you're not willing to bend your code. A lot of times women will try it out. Be, most of the times, because you're just going, because you're upfront and honest, because upfront, and, you know, I always say dishonesty, especially the women, dishonesty reads as, as your deceptiveness deceptive means that you're trying to hide something trying to hide something means you're dangerous and dangerous means you need i need to get the fuck away right. from you and that has to happen that happens in a woman's 
and her instinctual understanding of her own personal safety, it happens so quickly. It's like, yeah. and you're there with, I feel unsafe. This guy's a creep. And I need, because she has to be concerned about whether or not this guy could do her some kind of harm sexually or otherwise, or just life could kill her because he's, and, and because she has to deal with that, she has to understand that. And so if you're giving off this deceptiveness and then you wonder why people are not responding to you, it's because you're inauthentic. And when you are in, when you're authentic, you find that you'll, and I mean, I'm quite sure you find because you're open and honest, you find that women find you so much more attractive. A lot of times they'll even, and I tell them they're wrong, but I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> right, right, right. But that, but even that, that authenticity is yeah. is and then because they're used to cheaters who were, like there's a lot of chicks who like tell them what they want to hear and then yeah. it moves on and there's always the 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 I can't have that so I want it which is which is ego and immaturity sure. so if somebody is 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 saying this is who I am you kind of got to give them the benefit of the doubt until you know otherwise now if their actions don't match up with their with their with their words then there's an inconsistency then you have to go with their actions mm. so. Um, but you find that, that, that lack of validity, the, pre the fact that somebody doesn't understand what their self-worth is, they won't ask for what they want. And so what's your like current relationship, uh, situation? Oh, like, I, um, do you, you date, you, like what's, I just, I actually just got married and I got awesome. a baby on the way. Oh. A baby on the way. Yeah. All right. And is it like a monogamous marriage um, or it, is it Dante gets to do what he does marriage or? It, it, it is, but it's, it's open to that. I, I mean, I think what's important to me is the focus of this, this baby is important. Sure. You know, this baby, that's, that is my priority over anything else because he didn't ask to come here and, <laughs> And I and that's you know, a very Doug Stanhopey way of doing. It. It's like I didn't ask to be here. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, he, he, you know, and, and it's it's I, you know, I had a really kind of tumultuous. I had both of my parents, but it was a very tumultuous relationship. And a lot of times, because people didn't have the the progressiveness to go, let me fix my shit before I have another, I have a kid. Uh -huh. And then what I do is I back up from my iCloud background from 1972 and then i just i just then i i upload all of my viruses into this new computer my child yeah. is this new laptop and they has all the problems that i have with none of the experience none of the porn that took me to get the viruses in the first place and so you you have to you have a this is a responsibility to have a child and then to be a better person mm. because no matter what you're telling your kid they're watching you they're showing they're watching your example and they're copying you you are the epitome of manhood as a as a father you're the epitome of how they see manhood and those principles and your woman is the epitome of womanhood now i'm not saying that those things can't change but that is the crux of the matter we we view this by the people that raised us. And no, that is when you think of, as a child, when you think of man, you think of your father. If you think of woman, you think of your mother, unless there's some other male figure or something. But we, a different we, situation we pick at home, those, yeah. yeah, we pick you look those at your, people. You look at who raised you for various archetypes of, and we use of what that, to be. Right, yeah. and those archetypes we keep in place. And so you have a, you know, to have a child and not have taken the time out to fix your own shit. Sure. It's it's really unfair. So you still got some shit to fix? Is that what you're saying? Or? I mean, I always got to fix. I'm always fixing something. Yeah. I'm always, you know, the evolution of the show 
um, you know, like I, I try to learn from, uh, you know, we've, we've been doing Man School 202. Well, you know, it's Paige Phillip Paige before, but Man yeah. School 202. We've been doing it for seven years. Um, and I'm, I've learned from some of the most odd people because if you just pay attention, the payoff is always there. Even if the payoff is watching how this person is struggling in life because of the things that they're missing from their own life you know you you buy you you learn what not to do you know so you you get that too but yeah i mean we you know perfection is always something that i say that we need to pursue perfection even though we know that perfection is unattainable like impeachment well absolutely we gotta pursue it we We know it's not gonna work but yeah but you gotta pursue it because (laughs) it's the right thing to do because it's the right thing to do um and i think that that is kind of says it all it's just the pursuit of being just being righteous just being good to each other i just and uh like i have a, a really tumultuous relationship with my sisters and they're just really they're just not nice people yeah. so they've always abusive and manipulative and selfish and so but that all comes from like this insecurity of wanting to be wanting to be something that you're not and not willing to make the sacrifices to be what you are i mean i i i kind of always come across guys who you know i was i was reading a, a an email this guy was like and you changed my life man i'm married i i have a great relationship i'm a great father and it's thanks to you and listen it's a great feeling but you don't get that unless your intention is just to do good like my intention was just to do the right thing just to wake up and try to do the right thing. And sometimes I don't do the right thing. Mm. Sometimes I still do fucked up shit. But the point is, my 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 destination is to be a righteous dude who is authentic, credible, and empathetic. And and if Keep I can be working a, that more, uh, messaging, you gotta be. And, and it, it does because it it it, yeah. it helps you. You know, I like I always say your brain works as a GPS. Two things you need is you need a current location where you're at, and you need to know a detailed destination. And once you have those two things, then the route shows up. Right, mm-hmm. and when you're off the route, it goes recalculate. Hey, mm-hmm. You're you screwing up. up. You took a let's, right. Let's get back. Let's get back on. And you said that thing on stage wasn't right. chill, dude. Right, Maybe right. We go this way. And if you don't have that destination, then what happens? The the, yeah. the arrow just kind of floats across the map. Yeah. And I and if you want your life, and that's fine. If you want your life to be somebody who's in a boat with no oars, just floating down the stream maybe heading over the falls i don't know but if you don't have oars and you're not directing life and not because you're affecting people in life with your actions every day Hmm. if we don't take responsibility for that then i think that's a real tragedy i think that takes away from everything as a society you know what i mean absolutely um yeah well, Dante, dude, thanks so much for chatting with me. That was uh, very insightful, very fun. Thank you, man. Uh, I appreciate didn't, it. Didn't know we were going to go so in depth with a uh, with a Louis talk. Yeah. Uh, um, where, so you do your own podcast, Man School Two Hundred Two. Like, yeah. where can people find your podcast? Where can they find you uh, uh, online? We got Man School Two Hundred Two. It's on. Uh, it's it's on. Um that dot com manschool two oh two dot com Dante Nero dot com. You can get the podcast right at Dante Nero dot com. You can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is the 
Dante Nero, D-A-N-T-E-N-E-R-O. And you can get one-on-one consultations. Just go to DanteNero.com and click on consult. You can book time with me and I'll fix your life. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, thanks a lot, man. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us, y'all. I mean, having me, I really appreciate the talk, man. I appreciate you, bro. For sure. So, you know, thank you, Dante, uh, for that that great conversation. Again, you can check out his podcast, Man School 202, wherever you're listening to the Man Whore podcast. Uh, you can follow me on the social medias. Hey, we just cracked 10,000 followers on Twitter. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Just search Billy Presida. I'm the top result. Let me know what you thought about this week's show. Or you can leave a comment on the Man Whore Podcast Facebook page. If you really want to expound on your thoughts to me, you can shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. New York City, this Saturday, it's happening. Man Whore Podcast Live. I want to see you at Karma Lounge at 8 p.m. Though we have we did sell it out last year, so be careful. You may want to get your tickets online. Again, you can get those at manwhorepod.com slash tickets, or you can take your chance at the door at Karma. Uh, I'm really excited to do this, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Next week, everyone, we've got my whew, baby's first politician. I've been waiting for this to happen for months, and I'm so excited I can finally just fucking say it. State Senator Jessica Ramos is coming on the show next week. Ah, I got a senator to do a thing called man whore. Isn't that dope? Okay, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go stuff some uh, some man whore con check-in folders and some swag bags, and uh, so I'm gonna go take care of that, everybody. You stay slutty. <laughs>